Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another podcast. I'm Mike Claiborne, and we want to remind you that this podcast comes your way courtesy of Ameren, Illinois, also Fast Eddie's Bon Air, and of course, Munganast Automotive. Our guest today, well, she's Marley Rivera. Now, Marley Rivera has done a lot of things in the world of sports. She's covered the New York Yankees for a number of years. She's also with ESPN and ESPN Deportes. You can see her work, and you can also read her work on it via ESPN. She's got some interesting thoughts about baseball as we knew it and what we can expect down the road. And we'll tell you more about that when we visit with Marley Rivera right after this. Hi, this is Mike Claiborne, and thanks for listening to ClavesOnline.com. And before we go any further, I'd like for you to take a listen to one of my friends from Ameren, Illinois. He's their vice president of gas operations, Eric Kozak. <laughs> That's right. I said gas operations because they're more than just an electric company. When you think about electricity and natural gas, how many natural gas customers do you have in the state 816,000 gas customers in the state of Illinois that we serve. That's so. a big number. It is. It's a it's a big number and big responsibility. You know, we don't take that lightly, and uh, you know, it's a it's a privilege to serve the customers in the state of Illinois. And our and me and my coworkers, you know, we take that very seriously. So if you think about the state of Illinois, anything but pretty much Chicago and the Chicago suburbs is served by Ameren, Illinois. And so our service territory is actually uh, 44,000 square miles. It's bigger than the state of Indiana. That's a lot of coverage, and so when you think about coverage and we think about sources of energy, most people think of Ameren, Illinois for electricity, but natural gas is a major player in what you do. Yes, it is, uh, Mike. You know, natural gas, we, you know, like you said, Ameren, a lot of people think electricity, but Ameren, Illinois is made up of three companies that all had natural gas before, and those combined companies are a top 25 gas utility in the nation. We have over 18,000 miles of pipeline throughout the state. 12 uh, storage fields and uh, 1,250 miles of transmission lines that serve our customers. That's, that's a lot of property and a lot of coverage. So give me some of the uses for natural gas and some of the things it's being used for other than maybe being on a gas grill. Yeah, so I, you know, the easiest way for me to describe that is, uh, you know, I built a house about 10, 12 years ago. So I have a gas furnace. I have a, it heats my home, obviously. I have a gas water heater. I have a natural gas dryer. I have a gas stove for cooking my food and oven. I also have a gas uh, fireplace, which also serves as a little furnace for my living room. And I have a gas grill, as you mentioned, for cooking my food. So I got six appliances in my house that run on natural gas. So you're covered with gas, or in this case, cooking with gas. Yeah, I'm you're cooking with gas, gas, right. Tell us how many years have you been at this? Oh, Michael, this is my 15th year uh, covering baseball and a uh, 10th at ESPN. So it's been a... Uh, it's been quite some time. My Univision years are long gone. I was so young then. You remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> Barely, I can tell you that. For you, when was the last time you went this long without covering something? Oh, never. This is, uh, obviously, we're in an unprecedented time, Michael. This is, you know, we've never seen anything like this. And it's been exactly right one month because um, March 13th was the day that officially uh, spring training was suspended due to the to the coronavirus pandemic. So, you know, for right now, we haven't seen any live sports of any kind, right? There was one UFC card at one point that was played in front of no fans. But since then, we really have had no live sports and it's been just just so difficult for all of us. Obviously, that is not the focus, right? Right now, and, and, and as you mentioned, I live in New York City, one of the greatest and most affected places in the United States where a lot of people are dying. So that is the focus, right? The health and safety of people. 
but certainly, you know, us sports fans and all of us that work in this sport, it really has been quite a change to just be, you know, I've been locked in my apartment in quarantine in New York City without baseball for so long. It's quite a change. So being quarantined for this longer period of time, what's keeping you busy? I know you're probably still writing and reaching out and touching family and friends, but what else is keeping you busy these days? Because each time I ask people in our industry, what are they doing? You're hearing all sorts of responses these days, so I'm going to go to you this time. Well, Michael, it's exactly what you said. It's working the phones a lot, and it was one of those moments, and I know that you've been in this business for a long time, where your relationships pay off, right? Like all those days that I was I was a Yankees beat writer for uh, close to seven years, and like all those days that you spent in the ballpark, right, doing 140-something games a year, and all those, you know, Wednesdays afternoons that you really don't particularly want to be nine hours at the ballpark, you are, and then you establish those relationships, and then those people are the ones who pick up pick up the calls, right? So I did a. I've been working on features because obviously we have no news except you know we we've had some breaking news today, but there's other days that we don't have that many news. So then those days you work the phones, and I um, a couple of weeks ago I did a big feature with all the managers, so I called uh, all thirty managers in the majors, got twenty two of them, which I think is pretty good. And oh, uh, you're rolling then, yeah. I know some <laughs> managers then, uh, don't even call back, you're, so you're on exactly. a real roll. So that was actually pretty good, uh, my number. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that number. And just uh, FaceTiming and, and Zoom, which is the new, uh, we're going to make it the verb like Googling. So uh, <laughs> Zooming with quite a, quite a few players every week. And that's sort of what keep, what's keeping me sane. And the other part is, and, and I've learned this as I've gone along, my husband and I, what we do is we establish a schedule. Like you have to put a schedule in your day because otherwise you'll stay in your pajamas all day. Right? Yeah, you don't you're have right. to go anywhere. You're right. So you have to set a schedule. I get up really early. I do. Now I've added a new thing, and you will love this, Michael, and your, your listeners will love this. I added a new thing. At 6.30 in the morning, the Chinese professional league started playing. So the last two days, mm. I've been watching some Chinese baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it's been interesting. So that's been added to the schedule. And then you sort of set the schedule up, including office hours, including dr- getting dressed like I was going to the ballpark. And that's been keeping me sane. And like everyone else, every night I'm doing some bench watching. Marley Rivera is our guest from ESPN. And Marley, uh, uh, obviously, it's a, it's a game changer for a lot of us. And, and we yes. talked about how things have kind of been set back. But now we're starting to hear a little bit more about what if and when can we start to play. And there's a lot of different scenarios that have been thrown on the wall. But for you, I'm going to turn this over to you. And and once you get the green light from our officials, what's the first thing you're going to do if you're the commissioner? I think if you're the commissioner, the first thing is that you have to do testing. You have to make testing available for everybody. One of the things that I really want to talk to to some of those players that I just mentioned in terms of the Chinese professional league, some of them are former major leaguers, including uh, for, uh, Dominican pitcher Neil Rogers. And one of the things that I want to do is reach out to him and speak to him about what was it that allowed them to start, right, with no fans. And you establish also a pay-per-view program and you work with your partners, right? You guys, specifically right in St. Louis, you work with your broadcast partners. What is it that we're going to do if we are going to feed these games? And in the beginning, you probably and most likely will start with no fans. So it has to be kind of the logistics of playing baseball games with no fans. Testing for everyone that is going to be at the ballpark to make sure that everyone is safe and that is number one and paramount. And second, it has to be figuring it out. How, how, do, we, how do we play the game with no fans? 
You know, with, with that said, we've heard a couple of different scenarios. You know, we play everything in Arizona. Maybe we yes. play part of it in Arizona and part of it in Florida. What's the most realistic approach? I've kind of felt like if you play in Florida and Arizona until you get the green light to go back home and pick up the schedule from there, maybe you do this for three weeks, maybe four weeks, but the eventual mission is to get back to your home ballpark and play what's left on your original schedule where it doesn't throw things too much out of whack. I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you on one level, right? One of the things about the many proposals that we've seen and significantly, significantly the two most recent ones, the Arizona one that you just mentioned and the other one of the doing away with the leagues, right? And sort of doing a cactus league and a, and versus a grapefruit league and keeping the teams according to the geographical location of their spring training facilities. So those are the two, right? I don't see the Florida, Arizona doing away with the leagues one. I really think that one is the most far-fetched one. Now, the Arizona one, the Arizona plan of keeping, quote-unquote, the players quarantined without their families doesn't work for a season. That just, that will never work. And, and the reason why is because players have young families and they have wives that are pregnant and they have other things that they really have to be concerned about beyond baseball. And that is just such a huge consideration. But I do see that one as a spring training option. I do see Arizona as sort of a quote-unquote our second spring training. I can see that being used. Now, and to be quite honest, Michael, I have not seen Right now, a proposal that I believe works for the regular season yet. I don't think it's out there yet. Yeah, and I, th I think uh, we're going to have to just keep throwing stuff on the wall yes, and figure out absolutely. how it sticks. But I, I agree with you with respect to the testing. You know, it's one thing to make sure the fans all get tested. But I think we got to start with the players who are going to play in front of the fans someday or at some point. And making sure their safety is paramount. And I would assume their families as well. I mean, you know, I, th I think when you throw a net over everybody for that long a period of time, somebody's going to break the trend. And uh, then you can have a bigger problem. So you might as well make sure you get it done at the outset compared at, to at the end or midway through it. Which leads me to this question. You know, it's like a 1% of the country has been tested. So how can baseball jump the line of far as far as testing is concerned with there's so many other people who have as much at stake as anyone else how do you jump that line where you can make sure these players and family and members of the organization get tested before other people who probably feel they should be tested as well you don't that's the short answer you don't jump the line right the the, the priorities have to be straight right like the the first people that need to be tested are the people in the front lines, right? Those people that are out there every day, all the doctors and the nurses and, the, you know, every single person that is out there, the cops and the firefighters, just all those people that are keeping the society running, right? I live in the most pop one of the most populous cities in the world, right, in New York City, where we have 8.1 million people in a very, very small space. And we are... One of the most suffering places in the nation with hundreds of thousands of, of cases and thousands of deaths. Our testing is very, very high, right? We're one of the few places in the United States. People go, oh, my God, there's so many people with coronavirus in New York City. We also are testing more than any other state, right? So those are things. But you can't jump the line. It isn't. And it is one of those things that has been a little bit upsetting, right? When the, when, when the NBA players were getting tested before the doctors and the nurses were getting tested. And that just can't happen. You know, it has to be a more, you know, we have to work to the moment where these tests are easier 
and cheaper, right? And like it works, so you can make them available a lot more, but you do not. A professional sports league does not take any day of the week, does not take precedence of precedence over these people that are out there, the first responders, every you know, putting their lives on the line every day. It does not. It doesn't matter if someone can come with an argument, it doesn't. So the only way that we can do that is after we take care of the first responders. Marley Rivera of ESPN is our guest, and don't forget you can follow her on Twitter at Marley Rivera ESPN. Uh, so you know we're going to get the game back at some point. For you, what can we do with and without when it comes to the game when it comes back? Because there's so many things mm. that baseball was trying to do before this whole thing took place, as far yes. as pace of the game and maybe having more. Uh, of a policing of how things are done within the clubhouse as far as the video and things of that nature. I'm a huge pace of play guy. You know, I watched, (laughs) I watched a game uh, the other day, Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. It's game seven Cardinals win. They had 15 hits. Brewers had, I think seven. So a lot of hits in the game and the game lasted two hours and 50 minutes compared to now Two hours and 50 minutes, and you look around, Marlon, and you say, man, what are we going to do now? We have all this free time on our hands. So I'm a pace of play guy, but what are some of the other things you'd like to see them do more of and less of? The number one thing, and it's what we've seen already, right? We already know that there's an agreement, and I don't think 29 players is enough, but it has to be the expansion of rosters because you have to protect players. Mm -hmm. Now, the most important thing in that is that that really goes against pace of play. Right? It's one yeah. of those things, one of the things that happens in, in spring training, for example, is that, as you well know, when you're calling games after the fifth inning, you get quite a few pitchers and the extension of the game becomes, and we've seen it in September with expanded rosters too, right? And and you just mentioned all this information between the Cardinals and, and the Milwaukee Brewers, and I have this ultimate jealousy, right? Because I cover the AL most of the time and spent a lot of time doing Yankees-Red Sox four-hour game. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you on, on the pace of play. But it cannot be the priority right now. The priority has to be, we already talked about health, right? We, we are right now moving on and saying we have a season. Once we start the season, the priority has to be the health of the players. So you need to carry a lot more pitchers. You need to not play limit extra inning games. And you need to limit the innings and double headers. That's the only way you're going to make it. Because otherwise, if you only have a 29-player roster and you are aiming to play seven or eight games a week, that includes one or two double headers. You can't do that with twenty nine players. Well, and, so it has to be. You know, it has to be an expansion. Yeah, and let's throw this into the equation. You yeah. know, baseball, unlike normal times, they're going to be competing with hockey, with the NBA, and, and certainly the NFL. All these sports are going to be playing at the same time. So you have to make sure that you present yourself in a manner where. This isn't going to be the Bataan death march as far as how long these games are going to last and how boring they could end up being. Because if if a fan gets tired, he's going to go across the street and look at something else. And maybe teams are having specials on tickets and things of that nature. Or maybe as they market themselves on TV, there are certain perks that might come with watching games where they can redeem gift cards and things of that nature. So I, I think you have to be very shrewd and making sure you have a presentable game that works at a decent pace, that people can feel like there's some excitement that comes with it. So let me run this by you because you talk about health and you talk about testing, and I I certainly agree with you. What is Marley Rivera's approach going to be health-wise when the players come back? Because nobody's more important than you if I ask you about that. So what are you going to do? That is interesting. I really haven't, and I guess this is a, 
as you know, Michael, and you know me well, I know your listeners, your many listeners don't, you know, I'm very honest. So I will, you know, my first reaction is I have no idea because I haven't even thought about myself. And I think that is sort of something that, and I'll pat myself in the back, that sets me apart a little bit. I never make this story about me. So I don't really think that it matters right now, right? Like, what am I going to do? Do I wonder every once in a while? I don't think there's any chance that we get back in a clubhouse this year. That is number one, right? I think that the access, if we do have a baseball season, that the access to the players is going to be very similar to the playoffs, Michael, that you know that we have a podium and there's availability coordinated by the PR staff. And of course, for you, it's different because you do home broadcasts, right? So for home broadcasts, you will still have access to your one player on the field, right? Post game and so on. But the, the days of people like you and me who get to the ballpark so early and spend so much time being around the players and kind of, you know, just kind of talking to them and getting to know them, which is where the relationships come in, I think that time is gone. And that is one of those... You think you know, it's gone for, for good? Year. You think it's gone no, for good or you think it's gone for this year? I think it's gone for this year. If we figure things out, right? We don't know. We don't know what this virus is going to do. We don't know how it's going to behave. We, we've heard from the experts that viruses mutate and so on. So we don't know what the next edition of the coronavirus is going to be next winter, right? It is a seasonal uh, virus. So hopefully we will figure it out. Hopefully we will have a vaccine. Let's assume all that happens, right? Because I don't want to be catastrophic and kind of talking about this is going to suck all the time. So let's assume that we've had that handled. And we just talk right now about the media coverage that's been secondary to me. I just really don't know how we're going to do media coverage. Is it going to be only us, the baseball writers, right, association who gets to go in? I can see that. I can see that there's going to be a limitation, right, of all the people that you get into a ballpark because there has to be testing for us, too. And testing is expensive, right? And we are around the players. And I don't think we ever get within six feet of players anymore this year. Like, I think that is going to be important, too, not only for their protection, but for mine, too. So that is all. I mean, and just imagine what people are going to think about all of us, you know, reporters and, and writers. I'm a national writer that come from New York. The first thing they're going to think is like, oh, they're coming from New York. So it is going to be really difficult to figure that part out. But I really, and I think... uh listeners may be surprised. I really think that's sort of the bottom of the barrel here. We have way too many things to worry about that, you know, media access at this point uh, should be pretty low. So, um, but am I concerned? Absolutely. Because one of the things that I pride myself upon, I'm a, you know, I say this to my husband all the time. I'm a decent writer, right? Like I'm an okay writer, but I'm an excellent reporter. And the reporting comes from the relationships with the players. And that's what I'm afraid of. But hopefully the 15 years that I've had in the game, the many, many years that you've had, the decades that a lot of us have put in the game, then compensates at least this year, you know, for that lack of relationship that we will have from now on. Marley Rivera is our guest. And, you know, as we talk about things we can look forward to, I want to go back to something because it seems like it was like a year ago. What do you what were you looking forward to this season? I mean, we had the oh. Houston situation and Boston yes. was going to get hit eventually. But there were some other great stories I think we Absolutely. had to follow. I mean, with the Dodgers picking up Mookie Betts yes. and, and a lot of teams loading up. I mean, I yes. thought this was going to be an exciting season regardless. And that's all now been pushed on the back burner because we're just trying to figure out when, where, and how we're going to play. 
So what were you looking forward to? I have to say that I was kind of done with the Astro story for a while because I had to be so much in the front of it and so much asking the players about it. So I don't know that I was looking forward to it. I was sort of, you know, more interested in the in the baseball fan kind of way of watching a car crash happen. So sort of like, (laughs) let's see how it is going to happen. Like I was kind of looking forward to being a minute made when uh, opposing teams were there and, you know, seeing the Astros play elsewhere. So it's sort of like kind of like a morbid curiosity about that so i don't know that i was looking forward to that the number one thing when you said what were you looking forward to i was looking forward to watching the at least i just think yeah. that it hasn't been yeah. in a really long time michael and you know it that we've had such a good at least no, so you're that right. was like my number one thing i'm like there are legitimately four teams that can take this the central has been the most interesting division for a while right in the nl we've known that the West has been kind of dominated by the Dodgers. The Central, we've had some interesting stuff happen, particularly last year, right, with the Cardinals sneaking in. So, like, when all that happened, but the East was going to get competitive. I was sort of tired of certain divisions just being dom- uh, dominated by just one team. And the AL West got a little bit more interesting with the Angels getting Rendon and the changes they've done in pitching, right? And not only that, with Mike Trout and obviously Shohei Otani, coming back healthy so i'm sort of really looking forward to the al west being challenged you know by another team the al east you kind of go uh, look at the yankees and it's kind of annoying because it's sort of like you know, <laughs> you know a chronicle a chronicle of a death foretold is sort of what you think about <laughs> the al east so i wasn't interested at all but the nl east the nl west and the al west i really really wanted to watch all right final question for marley rivera of espn we will be playing baseball when where and in front of and will, and will teams ever play in their home ballpark this year if so when oh my that is a very difficult question All that's right. why i ask you because this i know you'll a, have a good this, answer this is a complete guess right because i want to make sure that your fans and other people that listen to your show and to your podcast know that i'm guessing that this is my opinion we're all right? guessing but i like to hear yours yeah that it doesn't come I will give. I will answer in a negative, which is the number one journalistic <laughs> mistake. <laughs> but the first one is we will not play before July. So that is um, that is my number one answer. I'm not going to give you a date. I don't actually. We will not play before mid July. That I believe that would be the earliest. The first team that will play will be the team from the state that got most affected by coronavirus. And I believe at this moment it will be the New York Yankees. And I think that that will be the opening day. And I think that you will open, you know, there'll be many, many opening games. But the first one will be the state mostly affected by the coronavirus. So either, you know, either California or New York. So a team from, you know, either the Dodgers or the Yankees, one of those home teams will play or the Mets. Let's be very clear. The Mets and the Nationals is sort of like, there we go. I'm going to pick one game. The Mets and the Nationals were opening day this year. I think it'll be the Mets and the Nationals in New York with no fans. All that's right. exactly what I think that's going to happen. Well, I just hope you get the first part right that we'll be playing, and we'll figure the rest of it out as we go. Uh, more importantly, Marley Rivera, I thank you for your time. Can't wait to see you. Yeah. I'm going to still hug a few people when this is all over with, and you're going to be on the list. So I'm looking forward to seeing you. Best of health to you and your husband. And by the way, how's that working out? Because you guys are in the same business. <laughs> so so the two ships passing through the kitchen and everywhere else in the house, well, how's that only, working out? Not only, you know, I'm married to another baseball writer, so obviously not only does it get difficult, it also gets very small in a New York City apartment. <laughs> if you want to test your relationship, 
have the same job and stay within 700 feet quarantine for a few weeks. Wow. That's all I have to say. I'll have it medals. <laughs> I'll have medals to pin on both of you when this is over with. But Michael, I've never meant this more than I'll say it now. I'm so looking forward to seeing. All right, my dear. It's good to visit with you. As always, we thank you for the time. She's Marley Rivera, ESPN. Follow her at, at Marley Rivera ESPN on Twitter. A lot of fun stuff she has to say and a lot of fun things she does. And more importantly, she's one of the most honest, fair people you're going to listen to and read about. Thank you again, dear. Thank you, Michael.